Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Imagine, if you will, that you're out and about and you're talking to one of your friends. Maybe your, your neighbor or associate or whatever. You could talk about all kinds of things. Maybe you decide to talk about the weather. We have had rain lately, so maybe that's the topic of choice. Maybe you talk about sports. I know it's not quite football season yet, but baseball's on. As long as you don't talk about the Cardinals, we're okay. I say that as a Cardinals fan. They're not doing very well this year. I understand that. Maybe next, maybe next year. But as you continue your conversation, maybe, just maybe, you get onto the conversation of the sermon you heard last week, or was it the week before? And so you start talking about that fancy word, grace. And so that's what you do. You talk about grace. And maybe, maybe you even remember that little, that little kind of catchphrase, that acronym that you were taught so long ago, God's riches at Christ's expense. And, and you start talking about that to your neighbor, your friend, or whoever it happens to be. And you begin to talk about that. And then they say, well, okay, so what, what kind of rules then do you follow? And immediately you jump on it because you remember just now that we said the Ten Commandments. And you said, hey, we have the Ten Commandments. It was in our readings last week. It's right there on the page. That's what we follow. You come in and you start talking about the Ten Commandments. And then your friend says, well, how does that work? How does that work? How can you say that you're saved by Christ's riches and then talk about how we have to keep the Ten Commandments? How do you fit those two together? You know, grace is one of those words. It can be a slippery word. It can be a slippery word, a, 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 a hard concept to really kind of to gather around. It has its challenges. And we're not the first ones to have those challenges. You know, if you read through the book of Romans, you, you get through Romans 5, and, and Paul talks very much about the wonderful thing that we have in grace. About how we have this forgiveness so freely given to us. And then we get to chapter 6. It's almost like Paul knows what we're thinking. It's almost like Paul understands exactly where our brains are going to go and how we're going to even argue this point. So he says right there in chapter 6 verse 1, should we keep on sinning so that grace may abound? So think about this. So Paul tells us that we're saved by grace and that when we sin, when we make mistakes, we receive the very grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so what Paul is anticipating the argument being is that somebody is going to think through this and go, well, if I make mistakes, I receive grace, and grace is a good thing. Shouldn't I do a whole lot of sinning? Because then there's going to be a bunch of grace. Now I know we kind of chuckle, but realize that is a logical argument. 
And so Paul is anticipating that. He's anticipating that that's exactly where we're going to go. And so he starts off right in the beginning to combat that. Should we keep on sinning so that grace may abound? By no means. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Instead, he talks about how we are connected to Christ Jesus through our baptism. And through our baptism, we are buried with Christ. In our baptism, we receive newness of life. And what a wonderful gift that is. You know, I know you're thinking right there at the beginning of my sermon, right? Imagine you're talking to your friends or your neighbors. You're thinking, Pastor, those kind of conversations never just happen naturally. Nobody goes from the weather to grace. They just don't do that. And you got to understand, there's a reason that pastors bring these things up. And I'll tell you why. Because the second anybody knows that I'm a pastor, that is exactly the kind of conversation that I have every single time. Last year, around August, I think it was August, uh, my brother and I decided we wanted to go to, of all places, a distillery. Yes. We wanted to go because it was in Missouri, right? These places are in Kentucky or Tennessee. This one was in Missouri. So we drove over an hour to get there. And so we get there, and, and we're, we're, we're doing the little sampler, whatever, however you want to put it. And this gal who is sitting across from us gets into a conversation. Well, of course, she figures out what I do, right? And the next thing you know, she's talking about how she's not affiliated with denominations. She, she is a Christian, but she, she does not go to church and believe it or not, we get into a conversation about grace. How does this work, she says, if you're saved by grace alone? And so we had to have a conversation. How does that work? If we are saved by grace alone, how can we then turn and talk about the Ten Commandments? If we are dead to sin, how can we keep on sinning, Paul would respond. If we have the newness of life given to us so freely by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how can we continue to walk in sin? Whenever I'm trying to explain this to kids, and yes, even you guys, I, I like to talk about it like a family. You know, you have your mother and your father, and you love them. And then I say, well, how would you act if you love them? Do you know, how do you, how do you act if you love your parents? Do you, do you decide never to talk to them again? Do you never visit them? Do you never call them up on the phone? Do, in fact, you try as hard as you can to never even bring them up in conversation? And certainly don't ever tell your kids about your parents. Now, if you're thinking... Pastor, that sounds crazy. Exactly. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ calls us to walk, to live in a certain way. And it's in those ways that we kind of show our love for Him. It's the way He has designed us to be, to walk. And so it is that we show our love for Him by the way we walk. Much like we go to him and we talk to him. 
prayer. We go visit him every now and again. We come to his house and we gather around his word. We talk about him to our children and to our children's children. We talk about the word that he has handed down to us. Now it's true, we're going to make mistakes. Sometimes we're going to slip up. Sometimes you're going to forget to call your mom. And there is forgiveness. There is abundant forgiveness. Even when we make mistakes. Even when we don't quite walk the way that we should walk. There is forgiveness. But the way we walk in the newness of life given to us through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, connected to us through our baptism, where we are buried with Christ, where we are connected to His death and to His resurrection. We rejoice. We rejoice in the grace that is so freely given to us that even when we have a misstep, we have the forgiveness of sins. It's not that we go on sinning so that grace may abound. It's that we try to walk in love. And sometimes we don't quite get it right. And in that, there is forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, please stand.